this is Barren Not Broken, and my name is Bonnie Ruth. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I have my friend Dina Morgan here. She's going to share her story, and I'm so excited. You guys are going to love her. She's fun. She's honest. She's raw. She's real. <laughs> um, there's going to be some good, deep stuff in here. We're going to have some laughs. Um, but just she's just, thing. yeah, just a few <laughs>, laughs. Um, but yeah, she's going to share her story and we're going to just chat about real things today. And what I'm excited about having Dina here is we've been friends for about 11 years, but really just deep friends, like yeah. real friends for the last five years. Yeah. And she's imparted some incredible things in my life and a huge Same. reason. Thank you. <laughs> huge reason why um, Jason and I have been able to be where we are in our 18 years of our infertility story um, and just be the people that we are in it. Um, so thank you for that, Dina. Um, so Dina, tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Well, uh, I'm your friend. Yes, yes, you are my friend. <laughs> I like deep people. Yes. Like I like authentic people. Yes. Like I like the people that want to be real and. Yes. But then I also like uh, the fun, pretty things in life. Like how yep. many things were we just talking about decorating? Yeah, we were. We were just talking about decorating. <laughs> and I love that, and uh, I think it's funny because when Jason and I were talking a little bit before this all started, he's like, "So, what do you want to talk about?" And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, let me think of." Let me pick a mind castle that yes. I have built in the last six months which that I can. Which thing do I want to talk about? Which thing do I want to talk about? Um, I am, I don't know. I'm a four on an, on the Enneagram, which right. tells you a lot about okay. me. I'm yes. constantly feeling everything around yes, me. you do. And uh, with a wing five, with, which means I love mm. to study. I love to research. And you know that about me. Yes. If and you need to study anything or you don't want to study it and you want to find somebody to study it, exactly. you just ask Dina. Exactly. Exactly. That is so the truth. And and I love deep diving and, yeah. and finding the research. Yeah, and so sure. I am, I've been married for 26 years and I've got two girls. One is Sabrina Morgan, which she's 18. She's amazing. And she's going on 19 in May. And then I have Mackenzie, my little Mackenzie, who just amazing turned 17 well. in January. Yeah. And then my husband, Mitt Morgan. Uh, and uh, he's a blessing. Yeah. We've... Amazing. We've, we've seen many seasons um, yeah. over the past 26 years. Yeah. yeah, this family, man, you guys are dynamic. Like, we love this family. And I think one of the things that we love most about you guys is you're always willing to say, like, we're not perfect. We don't no. have it all together. No. But you're always right. learning to be better, not just for yourselves as individuals, but you're always learning to be better for each other. Definitely. And I just love that about you guys. Well, you know, I, I there's a, there's a reason why I, th I think that that's a, a big deal in our household is I want my girls to see that modeled. I don't yeah. want them to, to, there's just a lot of beauty in, yeah. in going after the deep things. And yeah. I feel like we're, we're stopping a lot of generational lines of yeah. mentality and stories yeah. and thinking. Yeah. And so they're getting the benefit. Yeah. Ben yeah. They're beneficiaries of yeah, that. So it's been sure. amazing. That's good. Well, today um, I'm excited because Dina's going to share something that, have you even shared this like public in a public platform? Well, you know what? I've, I've, I've I mean, I've spoken okay. when I've spoken about it, yeah. but yeah. I don't know where we'll go today. So yeah. we'll just see. Yeah, there we'll might see. be some things we touch on. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we're yeah. not talking about that yet. It's all yours. <laughs> um, so she's going to share her story. And I just, I want to prepare the listeners because mm -hmm. What you're sharing today, one, it's it's bold, it's mm. honest, it's raw. Mm. Um, it's a space in which most people aren't willing to go. Yeah. And I think that's what Barren Not Broken is all about. At least it I is. hope that's what this is. podcast is about, is that it's it's a space 
that we can enter in and talk mm-hmm. about the things that people won't talk about. I think you do. And I genuinely want us to all discover the barren places in our life so we don't live broken. Yeah. And what I love about your story is it it comes from a barren place, yes. but it doesn't stay broken. No. And so I first of all, I just want to ask the listeners to be open, to be willing to, to embrace what you're sharing today yeah. um, because it takes a lot of guts to show up and talk to a bunch of people that you don't know and share um, some of the rawest places that you've experienced in your life and in yeah. your story. And so I'm truly honored that you're here to share it today. And there's so much more I know you're sharing, but I first of all just want to say thank you. Yeah. Like thank you for, for opening up to a space that some people aren't willing. Um, and so I, I just want you to dive in and share a little bit with us today. Um, about your story. Absolutely. Well, part of my story is it all begins when I graduate from high school. Mm. So I'm 18, 1988. That mm. tells you my Woo-hoo. age. <laughs> um, bold, beautiful, and 50. That's baby. right. That's right. <laughs> but I graduate in 88 and I go off to college that next year. Mm. And it's so interesting because when you, you grow up in this uh, Baptist bubble and mm, yeah. uh, a very... Uh, you know, contained space where everything is kind of controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what freedom is until you leave for college, and then all of a sudden it's There's like, freedom. what? <laughs> I can drink? What yeah, is exactly. this? <laughs> no, no. That's not this Lots time. of drinking. Well, and you know, and it's interesting because um, you have freedoms in ways that you never got to work. I never yeah. got to work out when I was home, Yeah, which is a big deal yeah. in, in me important. raising my children yeah. today because I'm thinking, I don't want you to go out into the world and just free fall yeah. uh, because you've never experienced things in, the, in our home yet. That's but good. So I go off to college and while I'm away at college, it was just a, a really intriguing time to have so much freedom mm. and not know how to set self boundaries yeah. in place. Yeah. And I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Right. None of us do when we go to college. Right. None of us do. <laughs> you think you do, but you don't. You think you've got it nope. all figured oh. out. <laughs> all you're doing, all you, you know what you do really well? You compare. Mm, you do you do comparison good. really well. Yeah, that's true. And uh, my best friend went off to Baylor, mm. and I went off to Kilgore, which Kilgore is a great college, yeah. but it was so far separated from my parents yeah. that I was, I felt isolated, you know, out on my own. Yeah. And um, the first semester was great, and uh, but it wasn't until I got into my second semester mm. of that first year where things kind of started taking a, a, a kind of a directional change. And the guy that I had started dating while I was out there, he was a great guy. Mm. Um, I still think I still look back at that relationship and think that was a great relationship. Mm. But we broke up, and when we broke up during that time of breakup, you know, you have that rebound yeah. relationship. Yeah. Except this time, you know, and in, in this is kind of like second real boyfriend was in college. First real boyfriend, great guy. Second guy, not as great as the first guy, but he was good. And then the third guy, I mean, I, I dropped all the way to the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. So he looked nothing like yeah. someone I would date. Yeah. He pretty much looked like a weasel. <laughs> a Which weasel. when I look back at this time uh. in my life, what I think about and when I look mm. and reflect on that is I think, well, how's that what I thought I deserved? Mm. That's good. Tina. What part of me settled yeah, right. for this individual yes. yep. that allowed me to step into this relationship and think that any part of it was okay? Wow, that's so good. Clearly, I didn't know who I was. I hope, I hope people heard that because I think that a lot of times what we get ourselves into is often be- because of the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 
and the the choices that we make often yeah. come from a place of what we think we deserve. Yes. And that's a scary place to be. Yes. Yeah. Very, very scary. Keep going. And I think that in that dynamic of that relationship, of course, it was a short-lived relationship, yeah. but we started obviously dating. And in that time period, I'd already lost my virginity to the second boyfriend. Yeah which I think is what caused a lot of struggle in who mm-hmm. I was and what I thought about myself by the yeah. time I entered into this relationship. Yeah. And I've already given myself to the first guy, you know, this, yeah. this, in this relationship in the, you know, that first year of college. So I didn't see it as anything as a, a value at that moment. And uh, I gave it away again to this, mm. this guy. Yeah. And so it's really intriguing because I think there was a place where I went into a complete numb state where I it's almost like when I look back at that time in my life, I could no longer see at all. I felt like I went down into the depths of, mm. of just really what felt like darkness. Yeah. And um, so anyway, mm. <clears throat> in that relationship, I, 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 I felt like I got lulled into a place that, uh, of, of comfort that no longer brought challenge, that no longer brought... Mm all these different things that I knew were barriers before to pay attention to, they were all gone anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So while we were dating, there was a point just in the, those few weeks that we were dating that I had discovered that I was pregnant mm. and that's kind of a hard place to be when you're pregnant and away from home. And, yeah. um, that's scary. Very, very scary. Yeah. And there was a, a place in there where I started dating. I mean, I'm not dating, but I was with my, the, the, the guy that I had been with prior to this gentleman that I was dating. And that's when I found out that I was pregnant because we had mm. just gone to dinner and I found out that I was pregnant. And I remember being devastated, but I still wasn't, it, it just was a, it was such a hard place of figuring out what do I do? What do I do? And I remember there being a moment where everything was frozen in time. And I remember just a year prior to that when I was in, uh, I, th- I think the sex education class at, at school yeah. where they were talking about abortions and we were learning about abortions my senior year, mm. like as though I hadn't really just dis- discovered that or studied yeah. that back in 1988, that mm. just was my spring of my senior year. And we were talking about it. And I remember thinking, I will never mm. do that ever. Wow. Why would someone ever consider wow. aborting their baby? Well, Knowing what I know today, looking yeah. back at that moment in college, yeah. I made an inner vow. Yeah, for sure. And that inner vow was like to the spiritual realm. I mean, you know, Satan's yeah. like, yeah. what? A challenge. Yeah. yeah. And a yeah. year later, there I was all alone, wow. five hours from home with this guy that totally looks nothing like I would, you know, I would date and I'm pregnant and um, I'm in the very position that I was a year before. and. Wow. I didn't know how to move forward. I mean, my best yeah. friends at Baylor, yeah, living the life. Yeah, all my other friends are, um, you know, off in other colleges, yeah. and and all my other friends are sleeping around, but nobody else is getting pregnant. Right. Or maybe I just didn't. Yeah, know. I was gonna say maybe you just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's amazing what you don't know. Yeah. Because That's it's exactly the right. when you're in trouble, the first thing you do oftentimes is you don't talk about it and you isolate. Yeah. yeah. And so. 
that's one of the things I did in this place is I pulled back and I isolated. Mm. I didn't know what to do and yeah. I kept it to myself. Yeah. I knew I couldn't wait long um, wow. because I was six weeks into the pregnancy when I wow. made the, the decision. Yeah. But I did wind up telling my best friend and mm. um, I'll never forget being in Austin and the appointment was set and it was, it was an hour and a half away, uh, the location, I won't say where, but, and so she drove me to uh, the abortion clinic and again you know when you try to when you try to look at something with the person that you are today with who you are today and you look back at the season when I look back at it it's such a it's such a difficult dark season mm. and knowing who I am today I have compassion for where I was because yeah. I just felt I felt I felt so lost yeah. I felt so yeah disillusioned I felt like this isn't the way I had had it planned this mm. is not what I expected yeah. my life to look like and here I am driving to an abortion clinic yeah. I don't even remember walking into the abortion clinic that yeah. day yeah well I I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in for a second because I think you said something really key and I think we'll talk about this more <clears throat> later but the isolation oh, like we isolate from ourselves like we put walls up from ourselves so to say, I don't even remember walking into the abortion clinic, like to me, that makes perfect sense because you had already isolated from yourself. It's like, this mm -hmm. isn't what I thought. This isn't who I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. This isn't a decision I thought I would making. Mm -hmm. I vowed I wouldn't make it a year ago, right? So you've already like isolated and pulled away from even yourself. Absolutely. You know? When I think about the dynamic of the three parts of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. Yeah my soul had made a decision that my mm. body was going to be submitted to yeah. and my spirit was completely shut out That's from being good. able to help to, yeah. to come in and say this is wrong because yeah. my soul literally had to make a decision so yeah. it walled everything out yeah of reason yeah that's so good dina yeah and then you you have your best friend that comes alongside you yeah. and she doesn't know any different or any better you know yeah, and she just wanted to be there for you but at yeah. that point, you know, legally, I've, I've, I've implicated her in my choice, yeah. which I later have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Because she became a passive bystander. Yeah. But she also made the choice to be a part of enabling that. So yeah. she mm. was just as much the extension of the abortion that, that yeah. day that I had pulled yeah. in to be a part. Was that, yeah. That, a lot that, of layers. A lot of layers. A lot of layers. Yeah. So I walk into the clinic. Um, I mean, completely disassociated from the other parts of me that would have any voice and I'm yeah. just numb. Yeah. Which if you think about, you know, what mm -hmm. happens to the body in, in a state of fear is it goes through fight, fight or freeze. Yeah. And that freeze is this state of it's real. Yeah. numbing and you yeah. can't see. Um, yeah, you can't see past it. Yeah. And so it's I good. enter in that day and I'll, um, you know, that the whole dynamic, I, I do remember very little parts of, the procedure and going through all that mm. and um man mm. what i wouldn't you know give to do that day over again yeah yeah um yeah <clears throat> uh only because well only many onlys um mm. you i don't think women understand they, they're choosing comfort yeah they're just totally choosing comfort yeah. over their calling, over their children's calling, over, mm. you know, it's like there's a whole scope of things that you just want to numb and shut up and, yeah. it, and it be over. So you choose what seems like the easy way out. Mm. But this, this seemingly easy way out is yeah. actually 
there's there's so many implications to yeah. this choice yeah that don't just end um yeah with in you facing moment. that you had an yeah. abortion yeah like years later when i face that i have an abortion that that doesn't end the pain yeah. of all the layers that yeah. have to be addressed yeah yeah and so coming out of that clinic that day i remember being uh just in a state of shock that I would even make that decision, but again, fragmenting myself and separating out those parts so I didn't have to listen yeah. or look at it and, and that I could just, that. yeah, I could just find a solace place inside of mm-hmm. me yeah. that you know, this is where we are now yeah. and we're going to have to move forward from here. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know mm. the things that would come and the things that I would see come out of me yeah. until years later. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I do remember the first time I, I spoke up and I, my level of speaking up and saying something, which I never told anybody that I had done that, mm. is um, I'm at a, a church function for the first time, and it's, mm. this has been many months later, and I'm at a, a church function, and we're standing in this big circle, and everyone is going around the room, and they're asking for what they need. Mm. And as it comes to me, I know that it's coming to me, and all I can all I can say are four words, mm. and then I start sobbing. Will you forgive me? Mm. You know, just I, I can't. Yeah, I just I can't even I can't even get any other words out. Yeah, and I remember sobbing, and that was the first connection to uh, being aware of what I did. Mm. And um, wow, I think what's so powerful about what you're saying, Dina, is. It doesn't matter if we've experienced what you've experienced Mm -hmm. or if we have, whoever's listening today. Um, I think what's powerful about it is that we all make decisions in which we think we're taking the easy way out. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes the easy way out requires more of us. It requires um, us to face more pain than we would have outside of that decision. Um, And so what I appreciate about your vulnerability today is that you're talking about that place that you had to disassociate those spots inside of you that would have spoke up your own voice, speaking up to yourself, your own voice, speaking to other people. Um, and, and what I hear too, in the story is like, you didn't have your own voice even with yourself. So, there's so many things that we go through in our life and we don't have a voice within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why would we have a voice outside of ourselves with other people, with, with the, the boyfriend, with the friend, with any of it, right? You didn't have your own voice with yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, man, my heart grieves with you in the moment of just knowing what it's like to not have your own voice, mm-hmm. even with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because then we step out and we do things that end up causing us to have to overcome even more pain in our stories. Um, Share with us a little bit about that. Like what, what do you feel like kind of shifted for you to awaken that voice inside of you? Well, that wouldn't come until Mm. many, 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 many years later. Yeah. I'm, I'm married and, and, Mitt and I, it's so interesting. We are two opposite dynamics all together. Yeah. And I think it was probably about a year and a half into our marriage where we both made um, the decision that we would, we would break generational curses. Yeah. 
it feels like when we did that <laughs> um it just unleashed the kraken of yeah. everything that was yeah. going to be like placed upon us and yeah. you know if there's anything that the enemy will pursue a couple with especially a new couple with it's fear yeah and anger i yeah. mean he is behind that yes. fear and he perpetuates that fear yes. perpetuates the anger and so there's a lot of stuff when a young couple comes together and they really don't know who they are and the oxytocin has worn off and they're trying to mm. figure out who yeah. they are and what who did I marry? And <laughs> what did I marry? And so all these dynamics are going on and then you have fear like I made a mistake and no yeah. one else has these problems yeah. and now I'm really angry. And so you have all these different concoctions yeah. of, um, of new things to learn yeah. in, a, in a marriage. And mm. um, But what I started seeing come out of a moment when I would get triggered is it wasn't just anger. Mm. It was another level of anger. Mm. Um, it was, a, it was an, another step up in that range of anger mm. to rage. Mm. And the rage would show up. And when it would show up, it was so hot, so fiery, so mm. intense that um, I, 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 I would step back from it and take like a, a view of it from afar. And I would say, who is that person? Mm. Who, who is acting that way? Um, and that's when I started going through so much of my questioning and asking questions. Mm. And it first it turned, it was the, it's all Mitt. He's the one that's causing me to rage. It's yeah. his problem, his issue, his fault. Yeah. And that didn't work for very yeah. long. <laughs> That doesn't usually work. No, I I wish it did. That yeah. would work so much better. But what over time that eventually started happening was the Lord revealed that my rage was, it had to do with um, uh, a deep secret that had been embedded mm. in my past. And when I, when we rooted down to that, that, mm. that seed, it was the abortion. Yeah. And because the abortion hadn't been dealt with, mm the reasoning behind why I even had the abortion. Right. Right. You, it wasn't just the abortion moment. It was the why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so that, that in itself, you, I mean, like, why would I even contemplate something like this? Why would I even go there? And it doesn't matter if you try to tell someone not to judge themselves in that moment. It, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Yes. I, I think yeah. it's just a part of the process. Yeah. And you have to come out on the other side and realize you're doing the best that you, yeah, you knew how to do in that yeah, moment. And good. so I brought, which was very little, but I brought the best that I knew. And yeah. so here I am in my marriage, I'm dealing with asking the Lord, where is this rage coming from? Mm. And for him to take me all the way to, uh, from the symptom of my rage to the secret of my abortion mm. and, and all the process in between started allowing yeah. me to. Uh, take ownership of where the rage was coming from. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Mitt and I were talking about this this morning before I left. You know the passage that says, don't let anger go down on your, mm -hmm. don't let, don't go to bed. Don't let anger go down. Go down. The, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't let the, don't let the sun go down on your, your wrath. Yeah. Or it, it does say in, in other versions, yes. don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yes. Yeah, it does. And I told Mitt, I said, you know what? That is so daggum hard. <laughs> oh my yes, gosh! It right? is. Yes, it is. I mean, is. like, if there's anybody out there feeling me right now, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Yes, exactly. Like, I, 
yeah. and I heard someone say, actually, as it gets later into the evening, you get a little bit more humble. Well, that's because you're tired. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're exhausted like, from being so I just freaking to be mad. <laughs> so true. You're like, oh my yes. gosh. But I told Mitt this morning, I said, I think I, I see something deeper into that that mm. the Lord is saying because anger is a secondary emotion. Yeah. And we, we don't know as a society, we're not emotionally illiterate. Yeah. And so all we know is I'm angry, I'm mad, yeah. I'm happy, I'm joyful. Yeah. I mean, like, it's all these, like, extreme emotions yeah. from one end of, the, of, of joy and happiness to the other end of rage and angry yeah. and, and anxious. But yeah. these are, these can, on the, I, I mean, both ends of the spectrum, uh, yeah. they can actually be secondary emotions. Yeah. You know, what's the primary emotions that yeah. the body feels before you even get to the secondary emotion, which is sometimes what the body needs in order for there to be a protection, a survival piece that kicks in, yeah. fight, flight, or freeze. That's Out good. in the nature, in the world, there might be a reason why that needs yeah. to kick in. And so, it's good. Um, you know, but I, I told him this morning, I said, uh, we're not we're not taught to get to those deeper emotions, but when you get to the primary emotions that are driving the anger and you're able to process that mm. and you're able to look at it and go, you know what? And take ownership. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel angry because I feel unseen. Mm. I feel like devalued. I yeah. feel forsaken right now. Mm. And, and so I think that's feeding into a lie that I don't matter. Yeah. That. That's real. That is totally going to, uh, to yeah. nullify the, the argument and yes. everything's going to calm down for the night. Yeah. Because when you can get when you can engage the heart that's good the head will yeah. follow yeah it yeah. just is what it is so yeah that's so good i i want to jump in here because yeah. one thing that i didn't say at the beginning um which i'm sorry uh i wanted to make clear mm-hmm. that one reason why i have you on here is because you have tapped into the ability to have an emotional iq that we don't just we just don't talk about today especially in the church, we do not talk about it. And I was saying to you before we got started, you know, one thing that I wish I would have known, I've been raised in church my whole life. I wish I would have known that all the spiritual things, which are great, I value those things. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for them Mm -hmm. being invested in my life. Mm -hmm. But it is not the only thing that walks us through something like going and having an abortion. It's not. You can't fully pray your, your way through that. But you do have to have some some practical, some some smarts about you. You have to have um, some tools in your tool belt to walk that out practically yeah. because it is body, soul, and spirit, right? Um, it, it's all of those things. And we don't yeah. often engage it in that perspective, especially coming from the church perspective and walking with, with other women who have had abortions or who have even contemplated that decision, right? There is so much lack in our world today, in our mm. especially in in the Christian faith, of not coming alongside them mm. and helping them make that decision or walking with them after that decision, body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. Because it's all of the things. And, you know, Dina, you are an author mm. and you have just released not too long ago an incredible yeah. book talking about this very thing. Mm-hmm of our emotions and everything that you're saying right now um when you flip that 
into my story the Mm -hmm. the amazing thing about that is you're facing so many layers of emotions like what you're talking about you faced so many layers right Mm -hmm. I can never know those layers right you can never know my layers right but dang there's some layers in both of our stories and neither one of us have been equipped Mm -hmm. um in the entirety of our story to understand how to unravel those layers and for women who are listening or couples who are listening that have dealt with infertility, the thing that I want them to hear today is exactly what you just said. So many times we go to bed and we're laying there and we might know the truth of don't go to bed angry, right. but you're angry at yourself. You're angry at your spouse. You're angry at things you don't even know what you're angry about. Right. You're angry at God. You're right. angry at everybody who has what you don't have. Right. Um, and the reality is it's not actually just that you're angry. Right. You know, and that's something that, that you've taught me is how to find that space inside of myself of knowing actually what am I feeling because it's not just anger and the level of anger that comes out. I mean, I'm like you, I was like a a bull in a China closet, like get me angry. And it's, it's aggressive. It's not a pretty sight. Like people would not want to be around me. Like (laughs) poor Jason, like I've scared the shit out of him a few times. (laughs) Yes. Um, did you just curse? I did. Yes. So everyone knows with Baron No okay. Broken, I love Jesus, but I cuss a lot. Oh, oh I had so, a friend a couple years yeah. that fasted tea and cussing for about four weeks. <laughs> love her. I love it. I love it. Uh-huh. I just, I think that there's so much that we don't voice. No. And in sharing your own story and, and hearing that piece that you didn't even have a voice with yourself, um, I want to dive into this. I want to yeah. dive into... Um, tell us a little bit about how um, you've come to understand like the need for the voice and for our mm-hmm. emotions to have a voice so that then we can become healthy body, soul, and spirit. Um, because that for me has been a game changer in my story and walking um, for Jason and I both, not just yeah. in our infertility <laughs> story, but in our marriage, how we um, impact people in our lives, how we encourage people. Um, how we do life in our families, um, with our friendships. And so it's been a game changer for us. And that's, that's one of the big things that I wanted to have you come and communicate with us is out of your story, you've realized, right. Right. The need for the ability to, um, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to hear more about it. I want you to tell, tell us a little bit more. Um, tell us about your book. Tell us about what's kind of brought you to this place of being able to help people walk in this. Right. Well, I think it's interesting that I'm a, I'm an Enneagram four for all those Enneagrammers out there who know what that is. And it's a, it's a, it's a feeling number. I mean, like everything I'm constantly taking in, I'm, I'm experiencing uh, things in my atmosphere and what other people are feeling. But because I was emotionally literate, I couldn't give a word that went with, uh, um, um, I couldn't give a word that uh, a feeling word that went with something that I was emoting and experiencing in my body. Mm. And, you know, I was telling someone today, just as a side note, really quick, there is a big difference between emotions and feelings and going through yeah, all of these places That's good. for the past, um, 20 years, I have learned they really are two different things. Emotions are when you are, your body is experiencing something. Mm. Emotions are energy and motion, right? right? So you walk into a room and someone's really excited, but they're on the other side of the room. You can't hear their conversation, but you can feel the electricity mm. in the room. Yeah. You can tell, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. someone's excited. Something yeah. happened. Someone yeah. got a promotion or something. You know, you feel it, but you also can feel when your husband's mad at you. Yeah. 
oh, or yeah. your or your best friend or or yeah. your sister or your sibling or your parent yeah. or whatever you can feel when someone's angry and they don't even have to be in the same room they can be in the next room over and you can feel yeah. your your body can sense that yeah. well, what happens is the the body starts to speak to the brain and the brain looks for a word to identify what it is that you're experiencing in your body and then if you have a vocabulary you can actually give language to what your body is experiencing by saying I feel like I'm, I'm scared. Why am I scared? Um, oh, I feel like I'm going to be devalued if we have that conversation or I feel like I'm going to be voiceless if I, if we have that conversation or, you know, if it's something negative, you start to realize, but if you don't have language, yeah, language, that's a keyword. I love that. Then all that chaos stays stuck in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And if it stays stuck in the body and, and what I've come to learn is if you don't give emotions a voice, Mm then they'll find a voice somewhere. That's right. They'll find a, a voice in rage. Yeah. They'll find a voice in physical pain. They'll find a voice in your body breaking yeah. down. They will find a voice. Yeah. And so I've learned that there is so much power yeah. in, in really going back and understanding that God made us in his image. Yeah. And he is an emotional being. And right under this layer of skin that we have is a whole other layer of skin that is named emotions because yeah. we are constantly experiencing energy. And, yeah. and I say that in not the creepiest, edgiest right. way. Yes. I mean that yeah. that is science's term of being yeah. able to put some language to what God is. Yeah. And it's his glory moving and we're experiencing it and we're tapping into that deeper layer. So when you're getting into understanding that we're emotionally illiterate, and the value of learning an emotion is for the beauty of giving yourself, giving your body a release. Mm. Oh, I can tell you there'd be, there'd be nights where Mitt and I would be in an argument and I would, I would go into, and we did go to bed in anger. I just want to say that. Okay. <laughs> oh, we've never done that. No, never. <laughs> For all you people out there, y'all need to write us and let us know how you didn't go to bed in anger. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, but there's grace for that, right? Yeah, so exactly. I would, I would go into the office, Mitt's office, and I would find the dictionary mm-hmm. and I would be on the floor with a flashlight. That's before the flashlights were on the phone. And I would, I would literally um, have a flashlight and I would look through the dictionary. Mm. Like that's a full blown book of yeah. words. I would never think to do that, by the way. I love you. I love that about you. How in the world? Like, what am I doing? But I was looking for a word for release. Like, what? what is this Mm. feeling? I'm feeling, I feel bullied right now. Yeah. And and maybe it's not that I'm being bullied, but I Mm. feel bullied. That's good. So that's ownership. And so anyway. Okay, right there, though. You just pointed out the difference between an emotion and a feeling. Yeah. You felt bullied. But actually, what was the emotion? Um, Do you remember? Oh, look at you. She caught me off. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do I remember what the emotion Or even just describe, like, so what I heard you just say is the feeling was I felt bullied. Yeah. Right? But then you're talking about how the difference of feeling and what our emotions are and giving our feelings or our emotions a voice. Is that what you're saying? Like kind of break that down for me a little bit. Okay. So I remember there was a a specific thing where I could not figure out what it was. I couldn't give language to something that I was experiencing in my life. And I was looking for the right word that would give weight to what I was feeling. Okay. What I was experiencing. Yeah. 
And I remember when I saw the word forsaken for the first time, Mm. I actually started weeping because there was this moment where my body and my mind, my mind and my soul, which is the body and and the, and the, the mind were coming together and my body was saying, yes, you're listening, you're yeah. listening, you're listening. This is what I'm experiencing. This is the frequency that's running throughout my entire body. Yeah. And and you're putting language to it. And the moment I saw the word forsaken, mm. I'll never forget, you know, I teared up and I started to cry, but then I also found myself take a deep breath. Like I found the word and I found release and mm. I, and, and taking that deep breath actually allowed everything to flush out of my body. That's good. Which shows you yeah. that there is extreme value yeah. in giving your emotions a voice. That's good, Dina. Yeah. Because if, if we're talking body, soul, spirit, right? Like that's, that's reality. Yeah. Like it is going to go somewhere. And I can attest to that in, you know, how many times have we talked about like what I'm walking through physically because my journey is, is not just that, oh, I can't get pregnant. My journey is I deal with some very intense physical pain and chronic health issues. And so I've had to really learn when, when is my body responding to, to my locked up emotions? Mm -hmm. When have I not given a voice? And then when am I dealing with the chronic health issues that I battle? Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not saying that there's not always an intertwining. You, you yep. know, we've talked about that. Yep. But there are specific times when it's flaring up or I have an episode with my health issues. And I know it's, it's flaring up mm-hmm. because of where I'm at mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. where I'm locked down, where I've mm-hmm. not allowed there to be something, like you said, to add weight mm-hmm. to what I'm feeling, what I'm walking through in that moment. And sometimes it is related to the infertility, and then sometimes it's not. There's been times where what Jason and I are going through as a couple, where we're having a strain or a division, or I mean, because of course we never fight or anything like that. I know. Um, you know, we're just like perfect in that way. <clears throat> but when we're having conflict, um, there'll be times where I have to realize, like, uh, you just had a huge fight with your husband. And you probably, one, are feeling shame because you said a whole bunch of crap that you didn't mean. Or two, you didn't say what you actually needed to say. Because just because you're fighting and saying words out of your mouth Mm -hmm. does not mean you're actually using your voice. And that's honestly my greatest weakness. It is my greatest weakness. I can throw a whole lot of shit on the table at Jason. I can attack. I can use my language Mm -hmm. and my words in a way that I think is expressing myself. Mm -hmm. But if I actually walk away from that situation, Mm -hmm. I actually haven't used my voice at all. And I haven't even given my emotions a name or a place or any of those things. And I am the worst at using the tools. Jason's like, why aren't you using the tools? Well, crap it all I don't want to use the tools right now but there's power in in what you're sharing you know and I can attest to that in walking through the things I have physically because it does it affects our physical body it affects every single part of us when we aren't engaging in this truth